Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Welcome to another episode of this special series of Mystery on the Rocks, the show where we take cocktails and unsolved mysteries and put them together for your ears only. Um, what a fantastic little... Are you having a lozenge, Suze? <laughs> Don't tell the feds. The, crackle, the crackling you're hearing is uh, Suze Kettner having a lozenge. <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> Yeah, um, just to prove it's is it um, it's liquid center no no, no mate purple straps good no i'm not keen on liquid centers it's i don't like any with menthol in do you remember okay. the advert for lockets where they would they would break the locket in half the animation like an and then and then it would just drip out it's like oh, they oh, tried gross. to make they tried to make it look like they were full of like just pure Nectar. honey yeah yeah, yeah like that's right. you know it's the purest natural ingredient and actually if you broke open a locket what you'd actually find in the middle is a load of fucking glucose yeah it's just yeah it's just sugar just sugar water eat, eat my shit <laughs> <laughs> is that so what what is that purple is it a purple oh it's lozenge? just a purple glycerin purple glycerin <laughs> uh... i'm protecting my voice because i'm singing a lot this two weeks and uh, yeah. the other voice you were hearing is also the fantastic Chris Stokes. Hello. The locket hater, Chris Stokes. <laughs> I yeah, I got really cross about lockets there. I don't know why. What were the other ones called? Halls. Halls soothers. Halls soothers, yeah. It's, uh, the advert for that made it, made, it, made it look like they'd blow your fucking nose off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this whole string as well of like, um, my sister keeps giving me these like fucking home remedy throat solutions. And it drives me bananas because they sound like bullshit. It's like, and then you get you get cloves and you mix it with like honey and you like boil it for like 20 minutes and then you like put your feet in it. I'm like, what the fuck is all of this stuff? <laughs> it Let just me tell you nuts. something. It doesn't do anything. No. Just have some water. Just have some water. But she's like, no, 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 it works. This is the other thing. It's like, it works because it's in that same realm as like, there's a lot of weird African remedies that my mum would try to I voice see. upon us. And it's in that see, same realm. I like realm. this. I'm, inter- so I'm interested in this. She there was one like we had head lice, and uh, so she put vinegar in our hair <laughs> and put shower caps on our heads, and she's like, "It works." I'm like, "It fucking doesn't." And the lice are going berserk. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, "Oh, is it vinegar?" Like, ah. You just said pickled nits. <laughs> oh man, do you remember getting head lice at school? Oh man, the nick yeah. comb. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I I just like okay, this is so gross. But I knew I had them at one point. I used to eat them. And I <laughs> so Yeah, <laughs> yum yum yum. You know, at the end Out of the your day brother's hair. <laughs> eating insects is what might like finally a, um yeah. save the planet. Like a anyway, monkey. Yeah, like pulling <laughs> them out of my own head and eating them. No, I I got them when I was a quite a little kid and mm. I just remember it being so painful having them combed out because your hair's full yeah. of knots and I had long hair um, and then I got them again when I was about 11 and I was like I'm just not going to tell anyone yeah. maybe they'll go away on their own and they got so bad that at one point I saw one fall down my face no. <laughs> oh, I saw it fall in front of my eye there were t- obviously too many on my fucking head you so you were the you were the child equivalent of the guy who doesn't tell the party that he's been bit by a zombie because you were like you didn't tell anyone about the nits. It, just, just that for like, It's making me yeah. itch my. It's making me scratch my head now. The memory of how itchy my. I head don't was remember getting nits, but months. I remember getting the 
uh, precautionary shampoo and comb. But I, don't yeah. I don't remember ever actually getting them. I'm not saying I didn't get them. I just don't remember getting them. Oh, so your mum was like, we'll do it. Beca- we'll because there was through, a because was kids got them at school, there was an outbreak of head lice. Well, yeah, yeah and, and the eggs, you can barely see them. But you could, the nits, like if anyone had looked closely at my head, they would have just been like, there were nits running ah, around on your skull. <laughs> and then finally I was like, mum, I do have nits, I do. <laughs> and she was, she was then, she combed through my hair. Because you could do it just with the yeah. comb. You put a load of conditioner on and you do it just with the comb. It still gets them out. And my mum, I can just remember my mum going, <laughs> it's like the comb was like crawling with the fuckers, man. Hell. It's so gross. It just I've seems... got this image of you being like, you know, when uh, uh, you know, in Clash of the Titans, when the Medusa statue comes to life. Oh my god! Is it... <laughs> <laughs> it just seems weird that it's one of those modern things. We're like, well, we'll just have to live with it. It's like oh, we can get rid of them. Surely there's got to be a way well, we can eradicate them once and for all. Is it only kids that get nits? Can they not jump very high? They. Oh, they adults, adults can. can get them, adults can. But I think I don't know. I think we look. We take better care of our hair. Saying that, uh, I take very good care of Lucy's hair. So if she gets nits, I will lose my fucking shit. Oh, because um, it's quite hard coming yeah, her hair. I wonder anyway. why adults don't get them. But there is quite a lot of cases of like the kids have got nits and they pass it on to their parents. Yeah, but I think that's where and it stops. And, they, and some beleaguered dad going, "Yeah, the old bloody house." <laughs> <laughs> That'll be so me. So he does. He does oh, understand. People infection and controlling an outbreak <laughs> he understands that yeah he gets he can get his head around it but he still doesn't want to listen to experts no <laughs> i'd rather listen to sex listen <laughs> i ain't gonna wear a mask it does fuck all but you are gonna put that fucking hat on <laughs> god my head won't stop itching yeah it's happened it's happened to me now we've started talking memory. about nits we're gonna spend the entire episode just thinking we've got nits now yeah and just scratching our heads oh. the whole time i like the phrase pickled nits though that is quite a lot. Pickled, Pickled nits. nits. Pickled dem nits. <laughs> these nits? Pickled dem You want to you you taste of these nits? <laughs> hey there, sugar nits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We are drinking. What are we, what are we drinking? And Chris, what, are, what, are you, what have you got there? I've got... It's one of me I'm making. Mm-hmm. It's the centre of a locket. No. <laughs> it's pure sugar. It's um, you crack uh, it in like an egg. It's um, uh, smoky whiskey. I've gone for our best friend, Smokehead. Ah, yes. Yay. So it's two measures of that, and mm-hmm. then it's a measure of yuzu ponzu. Do you know what yuzu ponzu is? I think I do actually. It's like nice. a lemon. Uh, yes. So yuzu is obviously a Japanese citrus fruit. Yes, but yuzu ponzu is a savory it's like a soy sauce infused with this citrus oh whoa so a I used, yeah uh, if you have a look at the way it um, bigs itself up it says umami rich oh that sounds no. good so uh, yeah so uh, it's um two measures of smokehead uh, yeah half a measure of yuzu ponzu, uh, yuzu ponzu. and then uh, about probably about three measures of ginger ale okay and, uh it's amazing it's yeah amazing. yeah yeah oh yeah i mean it does look it, it sounds it delicious. does it sounds great and smokehead it's... is something because it's quite a a, a savory whiskey mm. anyway it's quite savory i would always my instinct would always be what do i sweeten it with actually leaning into the savory pretty good oh, and also it is umami rich this mm. uh yuzu ponzi so it's um it's real nice real yes. nice mm. for sure i have got two names for it and i can't decide Okay. One of them is a pickle knit. Pickle knit. <laughs> a pickle uh, knit. And the other one is, I want to call it a yuzu ponzu scheme. I like oh, that they're one. they're both good. I like yuzu ponzu, ponzu I scheme. I think we should save pickled knits for the next time I get knits and I'll shake yeah. a load into my Nutri blender. As garnish. Nutri oh, bullet. God. Yeah, you just stand over I'll it. Shake and just some knits into a Nutri bullet, add frangelica, oh, obviously, and it'll be a pickled knit. A pickled knit. Pickled knits all round. Yeah, and you yeah, have to drink it. Yeah. You have to drink. That feels like Thank a you, that feels like a like a alternate ending to Christmas Carol. And what if it's delicious? Pickled nits all round. Good, God bless us, everyone. And you two go, mm, wow, it's delicious. Any more? And I just scratch my head and go, I think I can rustle up another round. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, Do you want a flake with that? 
that's so awful. You know, like in The Simpsons when Homer um, thinks he's going to live with vending machines on his arms for the rest of his life? <laughs> and, the, and the sweets all just fly out of the vending machines? That's how the nits fly out of your head. They're just like, oh. <laughs> and like into our mouths. <laughs> and Suze, what, what, what have you? Well, I'm afraid that protecting my voice, protecting oh. my health, I'm just on Barocca. Barocca. I don't know if you've what tried flavor? it. It's this great little cocktail. You'd add a Barocca tablet to a glass of Have you of gone water. for orange Barocca, purple Barocca, or yellow Barocca? Classic yeah. orange. Classic orange. Classic orange. Have they you... do a mango flavour now. Masood, what are you drinking? <laughs> this is a honey and marmalade sour. Ooh. Oh. Um, oh, stop it, you. So we've got vodka, lemon juice, and marmalade, and honey syrup. <gasps> It's very nice. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very nice. What's the sour? The lemon juice? The lemon juice, yeah. I'd say, personally, I would probably put more marmalade in it because I'd yeah. like it to be a slightly more orange. It's kind of come off as like more of a lemony color, but it's delicious. Pass the marmalade. <laughs> it's very delicious. I'm going to be making this again. I want to make and that. I'm going to be making problem is, again. Problem is, is that the yuzu ponzu is like six quid a bottle. Oh um, yeah, but you. But you then, if you think about what a spirit is, it's just like. I bet a little goes a long way. A little. Mm. A little. And a, a six that, that's, that's the much. most. That's the most parental thing you've ever sensed. And remember, <laughs> a little goes a long way. Chris, what do you have for well, us today? We're at the end of World War One. Yes. Now, I I wanted to do this one. It's Earl Hancock Ellis. Earl Hancock Ellis. Okay. He's not an earl. Oh. He's he's a man named Earl. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and he is. I mean, Hancock um, Ellis is a fucking great name for him. Yeah, man. That's a sweet Earl name. Yeah, so he is Lieutenant Colonel, a United States uh, Marine Corps intelligence officer. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Earl Hancock Ellis was the author of something called Operations Plan 712 Advanced Base Operations in Micronesia. And you might be thinking. Wow. Oh, yeah, of course. This is the most interesting episode of Mystery on the Rock (laughs) we've ever done. (laughs) And the premise of Operations Plan 712 Advanced Base Operations in Micronesia, Mm -hmm. basically it became the basis for the American campaign of amphibious assault that defeated the Japanese in World War II. (gasps) Big lizards! Holy shit. They rode a bunch of monitor lizards. My brain saw people riding giant newts around. (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't help it. (laughs) <laughs> he basically sort of like predicted how the Americans could eventually defeat the Japanese. Okay. In right. Two. It, this in, is before in World, the technology in, in was even two. available. Well, it's kind of like uh, it, 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 it sort of in a way predicts Pearl Harbor. Um, okay. Or thinking like that's the way it's going to go. Get this though, Earl Hancock Ellis died in 1923. This was 20 <gasps> years before. Oh. He died in 1923. He wrote this paper in like 1920, 1921. That's 20 years before Pearl Harbor happened. Jesus. Yeah. Whoa. Hey guys, more like Earl Harbor. Fuck, man. This podcast is good so far. We've had Earl Harbor. It's good. <laughs> I think it's all good stuff. I mean, I'm I'm already writing this movie about the amphibians assaulting Japan. <laughs> oh, that I want to see. Yeah, people riding giant newts and stuff. But like old old timey British it. people with the big mustaches. Like, <laughs> Even though we've already said it's like America. We're like, I think it's really great actually that you like yeah the, the the plot here is is that the Americans are like oh we need to weaponize nudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll beat the Japanese, but the Japanese have got Godzilla. Yeah. This is a great movie, man. Yeah. And then they get all you need is like one super respected actor but, who. Someone like, I don't know, like De Niro fucking stars in it for some reason. There's yeah. like a weathered old ex-colonel. He's like, yeah. I, want, I have to come out of retirement for this. This, for this. this would have been a good, if, if Peter O'Toole was still alive, this would have been a good Peter O'Toole vehicle. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, it's like in but, the 80s, it would be Brando or something. And they're like, yeah. I've got Brando. He's terrible. <laughs> I think Reading like, his lines off the newts. What people don't realise is, is that obviously human beings in comparison to spiders... Uh, yeah. Are very big. <laughs> and yet loads of spiders on a human being and they would go, ah, no, ah. Well, like Godzilla must have the same impulse if like a load of newts ran up him. Yeah, that's true actually. I don't yeah. know, man. 
Godzilla. I mean, Godzilla's a girl, for a start. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're seen, right. Yeah. Godzilla have, is an adult human female. Yeah, you have seen, you've <laughs> seen the 1994 Godzilla film starring Hank Azaria and... No. 1998. 1998, sorry. Yeah, Matthew Broderick, the one where it Matthew goes, it, it delivers... I'm going one deeper joke. underground. It goes, that is a huge pile of fish. Because they lure Godzilla with a big pile of fish. And Matthew yeah, Broderick yeah. goes, that is a huge pile of fish. And it's delivered like it's a brilliant joke. Yes. But that is not a funny line. Well, it's no. referencing that's a big pile of shit from, from Jurassic Park, yeah. isn't it? But also, like, that's not an iconic moment. No. 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 It's not like they referenced when the T-Rex made the water in the glass go, Whoa. That film, is, it's like, it shows how far we've come. Um, because, like... There's a woman in that who just goes, shut up, you R-word. She says the R-word. Oh, just yeah. freely in a family movie. And I can remember watching that film and just, I wasn't remotely offended by that bit. I just thought the film was crap. Yeah. And now you go, it really jars you now if you see it. Yeah, now you go, like, whoa, what? oh, Ooh, Jesus. Hello. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we can throw that around. <laughs> it's a good, good surprises on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. anyway. Well, keep the blackface from fucking always sunny anyway this is, this is not Make the hill for me to, like i want my blackface this is not the hill for me to, to die on um, chris you were saying before we got into amphibious newts um, chris, chris is currently putting on blackface by the way um she's <clears throat> loving it <sighs> so, so they weaponize in newts they weaponize in newts <laughs> so he, he, predi- he basically predicts the assault on pearl harbor well, yeah, so this um, thing he wrote, Operations Plan 712, was basically like a 30,000-word document going into how the Japanese could attack via the Pacific. Right. Um, so that, when you think of it like that, it doesn't really take a clairvoyant to think, oh, yeah, they could, because that's how they'd get to America. Right, yeah, yeah, it's like... And they, like, we're, we're in a, like, paranoia now as well, because World War One has just finished and took... A massive toll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So everyone, do you know what I mean? It's sort of like it's not outside the realms of possibility that they were imagining a World War Two that mm-hmm. early. Yeah. I guess because our friend ZZ had been mm-hmm. arming <laughs> the world so much. Well, yeah. That yeah. it was then a very real possibility that nations that weren't necessarily considered a formidable threat before would be now yeah they, they, they now have a stake yeah they, they've got skin in the game and, and, and also right. they're armed and got technology in this like yeah. as advanced as you have beforehand yeah. i mean it's like the british going over to america and decimating the native american population with weapons that the native american population hadn't discovered yet yeah it's, uh, or, or, or i say discovered but like they were so nice and peaceful they didn't need to make them. yeah exactly <laughs> of course it's, it's awful how fast technology moves in war yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, like it really spurs on. Like the internet gets invented because of fucking war, basically. Yeah, and 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 yeah, because it's all about. Um, it's kind of what we're getting at with this series, I guess, which is yeah. like how the world is shaped by massive events like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's n- you could be like, oh my god, how did he predict Pearl Harbor twenty years before? And it's like he was just a careful soldier, and was like, yeah. this, bit, yeah. this could happen. This um, is inevitable. And then you think, well, why are you, why, why are you, why are you getting rid of the mystery so early on, Chris? Well, wait, let's let's wait. Shall well, we? because it's a short episode. See you later. <laughs> Thanks end. for. See you next week. Thanks. Bye. Um, Smash that like button. <laughs> in like around uh, the middle of 1920, mm-hmm. uh, Ellis. Uh, by the way, Earl Ellis. What do you think his nickname was? Ellis Island. No. 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 Um. Early doors. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I was no. Some of that. Both of these are better. Both of these make more sense. Um, Ellis's nickname was Pete. That's not. Uh, that just his... sounds like a real name. Earl Ellis sounds sound like a real name. Peter. Yeah, Pete. Peter was not in his name at all. He was yeah. Earl Hancock. I mean, you could yeah. call him Cocky or Handboy. Hand, hand yeah. Cock. Yeah, hey, cock. here he comes to the cock. Here comes the cock. So he Is was. Because he was always buried in the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Did he smell like whiskey? What is why I call He did smell like whiskey. He was an alcoholic. Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. Oh. He's Peter. Have he you read up on this? <laughs> um, uh, anyway, mid-July 1920, he's uh, stationed at a Marine headquarters in Washington. 
but he spent most of his time locked up in a a, a room that he, he'd put like a do not disturb sign on. And the guards that were on duty, they'd always say that the lights in the office were always on like through the night and late into the night. And that's because he was writing his special project that he called. called he's um, jerking it in there. That's what he's doing. He's calling it a special project. I'm doing my special it. project. It's called Make This Sock Brittle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's it going, Pete? I Pete, Pete. <laughs> leave me alone. I'm just about to finish this next bit of my project. <laughs> <laughs> project. Project. Don't touch. Don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> What's all this tracing paper for? <laughs> oh man. Call back. He's up into the. He's up into the early hours of the morning, working feverishly on his project about. Yeah. Potential attack. I'll tell you a bit more about him. He was born in 1880. All right. So by this point, he's like 40. Okay. Um, he started his service in 1900 uh, in the uh, Washington Navy Yard because um, uh, he enlisted in the Marine Corps as a private. He was among like veterans of the American Civil War, but obviously he himself was too young to have fought in that. And then yeah. uh, in February 1909. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so that, crazy yeah, my, how my close things went, were. Hang on a yeah. minute. Yeah, there were veterans um, of, the, of that war. Really, I, it's in... really weird. Like, I was watching, I did a big rewatch of Mad Men for the first time ever uh, mm. last year. And in the final series, which is set in 1970, Don Draper goes to some veterans' evening and they go, Look, we have this man he fought in the American Civil War. And it's like a super mega old, old, old man. Yeah. You go, like, Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been around in 1970. Yeah, you're like, fuck, of course. Mental. So he was tutored by an army colonel, and then he did an exam, and then he received his commission as a second lieutenant in December 1901 after being promoted to corporal in February of that year. So he was rising fairly quickly, I guess. Quickly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in 1902, he reported to a colonel called Percival C. Pope, Pee pee, hey pee pee. The commanding officer of the Marine Barracks in uh, Charleston, in Boston, and then uh, he was he was sent all over the place. Really, he then ended up in San Francisco on uh, in April 1902, and then he was on his commission. He ended up on the steamboat Sheridan. Um, Mm. Then he ended up being sent to the Philippines on that, and then he reported for duty at the naval base in the Philippines in Manila. This is 1902. And then he was assigned as something called an ad, 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 adjutant. Is that how you I don't say know it? What that is. I don't know. Adjutant. So it's basically it, that that is like um, uh, a military appointment, which is given to an officer who basically assists the commanding officer with admin. It's not oh, really, okay. yeah. So it's it's more of a yeah, it's more of a clerical role than a military. Oh right. Role. So he just uh, hmm. sounds so, like something um, I'd be up for. And at this military. point, the boredom and the monotony started to get to him. Mm-hmm. Mm. He kept a good relationship with his superiors, though, and then he kind of like he had a decent run, right, in the military. And then in World War One, skip forward a bit, he requested frontline duty in France, but he oh. was actually assigned to assist the establishment of a new installation. So while during World War One, he wanted to be mm-hmm. on the front line in France fighting, but he was actually given another job which was to help set up what eventually became Quantico oh shit wow that's bad so that's what he was doing in the war Uh, Mm -hmm. and then he was an instructor training uh, training other people uh, and then so he this is before, to... obviously, the FBI exists, but like he, yeah. they were thinking about establishing a, a federal Corps agency base in Quantico. Right. Oh. Okay. Right, right. Um, he played a lot, like strategic roles, like planning of the se- several offensive battles in World War One that he helped plan. Right. Um, okay. So he did all right in the war. Yeah. So much so. But he just wasn't on the front line. He was just Well, he wasn't... Um, he was recommended for an accelerated promotion straight up to Colonel. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Which he didn't... Uh, he did not receive the promotion, but he was given a lot of awards. Navy Distinguished Service Medal, Navy Cross, and then France awarded him the Croix de Guerre as well, which is the War Cross, or what it's literally translated as is the War Cross. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and also the Légion d'honneur as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, so he was like very decorated. Decorated, yeah. For exceptionally meritorious and distinguished service, as adjutant 4th Brigade Marines, he displayed utter disregard of personal hardship and danger, energetic application and unfailing devotion to the duties of his office. So once he was able to get rid of like the boredom, like came into his own, basically. Right. Oh, gotcha. So huh. he was also given the Silver Star for heroism while serving with the 4th Brigade by yeah. the direction of the President. Ooh, who was the president? Who was the president at the time? Uh, in 1918. Yeah. It was Wilson. Ah. Because he was the president all through World War One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, 19- okay. After the war ended, there was no war for him to fight. Right. Mm-hmm. And having already had sort of like a bit of alcoholism, maybe he went a bit more to seed. Right. He ended up... Like I say, in that military installation in um, 1920 when he was writing his secret project. Yeah. Maybe that was born out of like, there's another war coming, there's another war coming, there's right, another yeah, war yeah. coming. Well, he's hoping because um, he's like, I'm so bored. Wouldn't it be great if there was another Well, yeah, war? but also, like, yeah. if you think about it, if he was that good at strategic I suppose you could see if planning war, and planning right? missions and battles in World War One, that he could, he had the gift of foresight and was like, mm. oh, well. Do you know what? If this ever happened, then this would happen, and we need to prepare ourselves for this. And um, yeah, you can kind uh, of see. Yeah, exactly. Like so, he he was advising um, uh, war planners. Hmm. Beca- okay, so Hawaii. Is that a job? Is it like they were plan like war planners? Are they plan? Uh, I guess like maybe. Yeah, but in a contingency way. Doesn't okay, sort yeah, of like no, planning to like, declare. Hey, let's have a war. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 I, suppose, I suppose it's part of the intelligence and defense services. It's sort of like. Mm maybe we need to protect ourselves against this right. so japan had already occupied like a group of islands in the pacific mm-hmm. and some of them flanked u.s lines of communication by not very much like t- like two thousand miles which i guess in a global scale isn't that much no so his operation plan 712 his secret project yeah mm-hmm. predicted that japan would start a war and that they would stay near their own territorial waters until encountered by or engaged by the Americans. Mm-hmm. He also said that great losses would occur uh, because of confusion during amphibious assaults. So, like, the war would be fought on sea. Yeah. Uh, or over it. Uh, and then he advised the war planners to minimise confusion and casualties by organising task forces prior to leaving base ports. So he would say a major fleet action would decide the war in the Pacific. The US fleet would be 25% superior to that of the enemy. The enemy would hold... Uh, his main fleet within a defense line so he was basically saying sort of like they would do this so we must do this right right okay okay so he was like yeah it, i mean he sounds like he he, he knew his onions this guy yeah but he, so much so that people took like uh, his superiors took him seriously so he yeah he believed that america's acquiescing to japan's south pacific mandate which it was a league of nations mandate in the south seas given to the empire of japan by the League right. of Nations following World War One, So again, this is still the fallout of the war. Right. It allowed Japan to occupy islands that had previously been controlled by Germany. Ah, and it would ena- ah. and then it would also enable Japan to operate behind a defensive screen to expand territory and influence without being seen. They'd be able to do secret <laughs> stuff. Oh. And then wow, Ellis wow, was wow. like, oh, well, this is going to be what's, lead- what's going to lead to war between Japan and America. Yeah. So he determined to carry out intelligence and did an undercover mission in the Central Pacific to try. Well, he went himself? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, On April know. the 9th, 1921, he submitted a pro forma request to the Commandant to conduct a clandestine reconnaissance mission to the Central Pacific to examine the Marshall and Caroline Islands. His request indicated that he expected to travel as a civilian, so secret, and to provide an undated resignation that would enable the Marine Corps to deny knowledge of his actions if necessary. So he was basically mm. going, I'm going to go and do this as a one-man. Yeah. Yeah. What's it? Uh, dis- disavowed? Is that the Mission Impossible thing? You oh, yeah, yeah. So he submitted the request, and then he had another of what had been plaguing him for a while. It was called neurasthenia. Oh, um, neurasthenia. Does that sound yeah. familiar? Is that it's, like it's neuralgia? A, a nerve thing. Okay, okay. but neuralgia is just your head, isn't it? So It's a, a mechanical weakness of the nerves. Mm-hmm. It's a result of exhaustion of the central nervous system's energy reserves. Oh. Oh. Which um, the guy that discovered it attributed to modern civilization. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm living in it, and I think yeah, it's a good uh, yeah. Else, so but... physicians who agreed with this guy Beard, George Miller Beard, 
I agree with Beard. <laughs> they associated it with the stresses of urbanisation and with stress suffered as a result of business environment. This just sounds like that guy gets stressed out. Like yeah, exactly, yeah. It's because uh, everyone's stressed with it. Well, do you want to know what else it was called, actually? Yeah, go on. YouTube burnout, was it also called that? <laughs> In the 1800s in Britain, and then, of course, throughout the empire, yeah. uh, neurasthenia was used to describe mental exhaustion and fatigue. It is burnout. They had another way of referring to it. It wasn't mm -hmm. neurasthenia. Not everyone can remember that name, so they called it brain fag. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, Oh, uh, no. Do it in the West Country accent. Do it in the my, my, my accent. Or the oh, way the Black Country Sorry, accent. Sorry, no, the Black Country accent. Yeah, I'm suffering from a bit of brain fag. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I heard it when you said it the first time. Where, where, where's Aaron? Oh, he's having a bit of a lie down. He's got the brain fag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amazing. Oh, my God. I mean, different, different time. A different time. Different, different times, different, different limes. Different limes. Um, That's fucking madness. After he recovered from that, he asked mm -hmm. to resume the intelligence mission in the Pacific. And then, on May the 4th, 1921, the Assistant Secretary of the Navy, who at that time was called Theodore Roosevelt... Oh, <laughs> keep an eye out for this guy. He may yeah. come up again. Uh, approved the request. <laughs> One to and, watch. <laughs> uh, and then Ellis left the hospital... And reported to the headquarters of Marine Corps to, to, to make arrangements to go on his secret mission. Yeah. Ooh, okay. uh... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, he then went to New Zealand and Australia via an American ship, and then he eventually arrived in September of that year, 1921. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then he was, uh, not long after arriving in Manila, he was sent to hospital again, this time for nephritis, which is an inflammation nephritis. of the kidneys. Oh, I thought he was just really afraid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got nephritis! Yeah. Go, 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 go! <laughs> <laughs> And he runs on the spot for ages, yeah. and then runs off. And then there's a, and then he's running between the different hospital doors. And at one point, <laughs> and he, he runs straight in front of the camera. Straight in front of the camera. Yeah. yeah, he confronts the ghost, and the ghost chases him. His 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 kidneys have blown up. Fucking and then, oh, uh, and then after, and then he got discharged from that. He went to Japan. Uh, so he could arrange for a visa and travel authorization that would permit him to visit the Carolina Marshall Islands, which is where he wanted to be. Right, right, right. Sure. That's a fucking uh, long journey as well. Well, yeah, and also remember that not, he's, he's not in the best of health. He's also now drinking heavily. Um, With no kidneys. Uh, yeah, and he's drinking so much that he apparently disclosed his secret mission to civilians. Oh, for fuck's Oh, brilliant. Sake. Including the doctor who treated him when he was hospitalised again oh, for my... brain fag. Oh, <laughs> my God, this guy... Well, apparently, you know, Henry Hill, Ray Liotta in Goodfellas, in yeah. real life, apparently he just kept going around telling people, I'm Henry Hill, the guy from Goodfellas, that's me. No. It's just like, mate, you're in witness protection, stop telling us who oh, you actually are. No. And it was basically like the mob were kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah, like, at this point, like, man, that fucking guy. Oh, let him go. I just love it. You know, I'm on a secret mission. Uh huh, sure thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very. Shh, don't tell anybody. It's a secret. 
we've got this drunk secret agent who's so drunk he tells people he's a secret agent Fuck's on a secret yeah. mission. That means the local Navy, Naval Attaché, issued him orders to return home on the next available ship. Yeah. Fuck he yeah. ignored him. He ignored the orders and then he cabled the Marine Corps headquarters for a, and asked for a thousand dollars. Oh, for fuck's sake. He was like, bold. you send me a thousand dollars to the local bank. And then, they, and then he departed for uh, Saipan, which is an island in the Mariana Islands. Yeah. Which is in the Western Pacific. Uh, okay. So when he got there, he checked into a hotel with the intention of scouting the Mariana Islands, which Japan was using as a hub for their activities in Micronesia. Okay. And then the Office of Naval Intelligence, they were on. They were looking for him by this point, so they were able to track his whereabouts by his withdrawals from the special bank account that they'd established Fuck to fund his cover activities. Oh, so because he was using know. that account, they were like, oh, that's he's here, he's there. He's here, he's yeah. there. Yeah. But anyway, oblivious to all this, he just carries on his intelligence mission. <laughs> he's not a good secret agent. <laughs> While drinking heavily... <laughs> so much so that he then attracted the attention of the Japanese authorities Brilliant. and they began tracking him as well oh my god you know, this guy <laughs> he started is... off so promisingly yeah I, is... I was like I thought this was going to be the story of a genius yeah and it's the story of a moron <laughs> it's this is what I, I imagine it should be happen. a movie though yeah. oh yeah because it would Seth start Rogen off as this guy it yes. would start off like and you th- like the left turn would be incredible. You know, from Dust Till Dawn starts off as like a, a heist crime movie, yeah, and then, and then it then becomes, becomes a fucking film. hell vampire. Yeah, this could be like a really serious like John Le Carre based yes. on a true story, and then it just becomes a knockabout comedy halfway through. Because like this feels very much like this is what would happen to James Bond if we really follow James Bond and his drinking and womanizing. Yeah, you guarantee he's like, saying like, "Hey, baby, guess what? I'm a fucking spy." I'm a fucking spy. License to kill, baby. License License to drill. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, I'm talking about he's got his arms behind his head as he's like gyrating (laughs) and he's saying And there's just a girl on the other side of the room trying to drink going And as he's doing that his trousers fall down a little bit more with each one. (laughs) Yeah, they're like hanging off and he's got you can see he's got like they're wife fronts sackcloth covered pants on underneath. Can, Can we get a slide whistle when the pants Drop from his knees down to his ankle. Sorry, baby, he won't be able to see that till later. She's like, goodbye. So yeah, the Japanese were now were now tracking him. Fucking hell! <laughs> and in fact, actually, so much so that a friend who's got again, mystery on the rocks tradition of a great name. Yes. Right, this friend was called Killily Sablan. Fuck yeah, Killily Sablan. That sounds like one of my mum's friends. Kili Sablan. <laughs> Aka Lili, a friend of mine. Did your mum have a friend called Kili? Sounds it's it sounds like a name. And, and you're like, where did she, and would she disappear? And your mum would be like, don't ask where she's gone. Don't ask where Kalili is. It's none of your business. So then, that so the friend suggested that he like maybe we should check out of your hotel and stay with us for a bit because yeah. like right. they obviously knew that he was being. They were on to him. Yeah. He went around the island for a few weeks and then like he was still he thought he was doing an intelligence mission, so he was making maps and charts. He's doing the opposite. He's got no then, intelligence. This is yeah. like a child this is like if we sent Lucy to go and do this. If <laughs> you go spy on that man, goes up to man. I am a spy. I'm a spy I'm a spying on you. Hello, man. <laughs> What's your secrets? <laughs> do you have some Come secrets? On. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, this guy is fucking hopeless. <laughs> he goes to another part of the Central Pacific, another group of islands, checks into a hotel there, uh, but he was unable to survey the island he ended up on. The Japanese authorities denied him passage because they were fucking suspicious of him. Yeah. Like, oh, are you the spy? No, you're not. No, no. No. Yeah, <laughs> oh, what? what? They were suspicious of him. I'm shocked. Anyway, right. during a, a subsequent journey from... He became ill aboard a, a ship called the Matsuyama Maru. Mm-hmm. And then he was uh, hospitalised... What this time? Fucking by someone called Jessie Hoppin, who was like, I guess like a nun because she was called Mother. Okay. Mother then... Hoppin. <laughs> That's the name of this movie for the song at the end. And then she, uh, she assigned her student to be Ellis's houseboy while that he was recovering. It sound like he gave him a boy to have sex with. But then after his recovery, yeah. and by this point we were in January 1923, so he's been there for oh, over a year, okay. right? right. He continued to survey the islands. <laughs> 
uh, aboard another a sailboat called Caroline Maru. He slept on the deck and he took loads of notes, charting reefs and in uh, and, and then like taking inventories of all the facilities and the populations and everything that they sold, all of that stuff. Yeah, but he's to just try... writing down stuff that he's uh, seen. Yeah. yeah, just buy an almanac. It's all there. Just buy. He's, go to the he's store. Like, and be I've like, done the Wikipedia article. I'm a great yeah. spy. So then the Japanese officials. <laughs> They assigned somebody called Dr. Uichi Ishoda to mm-hmm. watch him. That's how, that's they they were fucking tracking him. They, yeah, they assigned geez. somebody yeah. to fucking watch him. Christ. And then a storm nearly capsized the boat that Ellis was on. Yeah. But even though he was like drunk and useless as a spy, he had been in the navy, so he like yeah. he yeah. was able to steer the ship, not get it capsized, like weather the storm, mm-hmm. and that caused Ishoda to be like he was in the fucking navy. Yeah, uh, like, he was, okay. I like the way he's like he's like Denzel Washington in that movie Flight. Yeah, yeah. When, when he's it comes a drunk out, of pilot, he's and he's yeah. like, "I can handle this," and he flies the plane. After that, bearing in mind by this point he's what forty-two. Yeah, uh, right. he marries a teenager. Oh Christ! Oh my. Fucking oh God, my this God. guy. This fucking How man. old are you? No, that's too old. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get married? <laughs> he marries a teenage called Matawi. His friends try to stop him drinking. This has got out of hand now. Yeah, you're marrying Earl, teenagers. Earl, this Earl. is uh... Pete, 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 Pete. This is way out of hand. You married a 14-year-old. Uh, I don't know whether it was, oh, she was 14, God. just as teenage. Anyway. Yeah. Um, she was 19. Um, anyway, even though even though the people that he'd come to meet and know around, they were trying to get him to stop drinking, he had... You know how Sherlock Holmes had the Baker Street Irregulars, which was like a homeless network of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he'd built up this a group of native boys who would go and get booze for him, that he'd pay them. Okay. <laughs> and then he kept... <laughs> like newsies. Uh, I thought you were going to say information. No, like, no, no, they're just these so boys that would buy He kept drinking. Oh my like, God. He was, like he didn't yeah. have his ID. <laughs> he'd get these boys to buy I like the way he keeps giving yeah. them money and there's some of them just don't come back. Do you know like, what the oh, best thing about this is, is that... Where's my booze boys? That he, was like, he, managed, he convinced everybody to send him on this secret mission. He, yeah. he fucks it up royally. They must have thought, what an yeah. absolute joke. He married a fucking teenager and he got his booze boys to keep oh him pumped God. full of fucking alcohol. But trust me, if he It'll is... It'll happen. It'll he happen. kept drinking. Uh, and then he robbed the home of his friend just looking for booze. Oh my fucking hell. Clearly. Uh, no, this was a different <laughs> friend called William Gibbons. Oh. William. Willie Lee. Uh, On May the 12th, 1923, he died from excessive alcohol intake. What? I never could have guessed that was what was going to kill this guy. No way. But the booze boys were saying. But you know how I said like, oh, well, did he predict Pearl Harbor 20 years previously? That is not the actual mystery. No. The actual mystery is some people think that he was actually assassinated and made to look. They, they thought he got got? No fucking way. What? The, what, the guy with a network of boys <laughs> found some booze? Well, okay. He was assassinated. What happened okay. here is, is that the uh, the Japanese police yeah. sent him some whiskey. Oh, they, they poisoned him. When, right. when he couldn't find any booze, the Japanese police had two bottles of whiskey delivered to him. And then he drank right. them both and then died the same day. Now, two bottles of whiskey is a lot to drink in a day. Yeah. Uh, mm. I've, I've drunk a, a lot of whiskey in a day. I don't think it's ever been two bottles worth. <laughs> no. I drank a lot of whiskey in a day, but yeah. two bottles, that's too much, that's man. That's too much. Not even my booze boys could keep me up with that. <laughs> Sometimes I'd invite the booze boys to enjoy a sniffer with me. Pete's booze, booze boys. Boy. The booze boy sounds like something that Frank would would have. You know, is it? my booze boys. My booze boys. <laughs> They're my booze boys. They're, these little kids that just buy me booze. Oh, Frank! Why are there loads of boys with booze hanging around the apartment? They're my booze boys, Charlie. Yeah. I don't know. They're like, what are they in, in, in high school? Primary school. They got little hats. <laughs> They got, they little, got little heads. heads. You get in all the cracks of the office. They get all the cracks. <laughs> Scatter! He like blows a whistle. They all <laughs> run away. <laughs> but they all run inwards and into each other. <laughs> <laughs> and they disappear. I've been trying to train them to run away, but 
they're not very good. They all run into the, each other. Well, no, the, here's, here's the thing about my boost boys, okay? They're fucking dumb. They're fucking, they're dumb. They're fucking dumb. They're dumb. <laughs> Look at all these dumbass boost boys I got here. They're so dumb. <laughs> so. They reckon that these two bottles of whiskey... I mean, you're saying, look, two bottles of whiskey is a lot of whiskey. Well, it was in contemporary newspaper yeah. accounts that very quickly it was like the Japanese authorities had him killed, they assassinated him. They were like, they, they poisoned that. the whiskey, they sent to him on his last day alive. But let's not forget, he already had a severe drinking problem and he and was no also sickly. Because yeah. it, it was, this guy was never out of hospital. He was hospitalized he was a lot, suffering. yeah. yeah. Um, his official medical record. So, yeah, what did he have? He had the uh, he had he had the inflamed kidneys. He had yeah. nor neurothenia. I can't remember what the actual it was what it was actually called because um, we laughed so much at the right. colloquial term. Yeah, but um, <laughs> bearing in mind he had all of that, his official medical records indicate that not long before his death, he was also admitted to a naval hospital for <laughs> for treatment of the the DTs and hallucinations. Jesus oh Christ! Oh my God! So I mean, this I mean, this yeah, guy made it to his early forties. It's kind of a miracle. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, like he should not be alive. And that thousand dollars the Davy yeah. sent him. He all just gave it all to the booze boys. Yeah. He, just, now, he just yeah. Ellis, and that's like a million. Pounds. There's like a, not a biographer, <laughs> but like a, somebody who's researched him a lot, and is an author called Dirk Ballendorf. Oh my God, hey. the names keep getting better. And he better. noted that he, this is a quote from from Dirk that that the Japanese would have placed poison in his whiskey is unlikely, mm-hmm. since for Ellis, whiskey itself was poison enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, his body was. I mean, like he he probably had like two sips and then mm. fucking collapsed and died. Yeah, you'd think that's really easily countered. It's like no, the Japanese did not assassinate him because no, it more likely the whiskey just killed him because he was an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm I'm I that I I salute that. That's that's what I think. Yeah. But questions started to arise even more because the agent sent to investigate the circumstances of Ellis's death, he was the only one known to have seen the body and its condition before it was cremated. He died before he could report his findings. Oh, fuck. God damn it. He was, no, called, he was called Lawrence Zempsch. And he, Zemsch? he treated Ellis during his hospitalisation. He travelled on a Japanese steamer where he stayed at the Japanese officer's barracks. After talking to the Japanese authorities who had dealings with Ellis, Zempsch witnessed and photographed the exhumation of Ellis's body and its cremation. He took custody of the remains, like the ashes, when this was mm-hmm. completed. Then he became ill, suffered a nervous breakdown on the return voyage, was admitted to hospital in Yokohama, which was soon after buried by falling rubble in a, um, a great earthquake. Oh, well. So it was an earthquake convenient. that killed him. It wasn't... Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, how did the Japanese then assassinate Zemsch? They caused an earthquake? They caused an earthquake. Godzilla! That's their, it's, that's their favorite assassination technique, is they just get Godzilla to shake a bit, cause an earthquake, um, boom. After the, uh, after the earthquake, the urn containing Ellis's remains was actually found. It was returned back to the US. In November 2004, the remains were disinterred from the cemetery that they were... At, and then they were reburied with full military honours oh. at Arlington National Cemetery. I mean, uh, mm. like, well, I don't know about full military honours. I mean, uh, did the booze boy show up? Did they? Did they come? And <laughs> they were all crying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we called him our booze dad. Yeah, <laughs> booze papa. <laughs> booze papa <laughs> is dead. Pops. Um, booze pops. So his maps and the papers booze. that he was making for his secret yeah. mission—they were all confiscated by the Japanese authorities. And then there was an inquiry undertaken after World War Two, and they could find no trace of any of Ellis's effects, not a single report on Ellis's oh. activities by the Japanese governor of the island at all. <laughs> and then I like this sentence because I think we can guess. It's not clear how competently Ellis performed his map making and analysis. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, the booze boys might have something to say for that. I think it's very clear <laughs> he was fucked. <laughs> yeah. Did now I have a question? Did. Uh, the the Japanese police definitely sent him two bottles of whiskey. That's uh, that's undisputed, or well, we even he got them from somewhere. Oh, so he did have two bottles. Okay, uh, I think that was it. Is that he he definitely had two bottles of whiskey there. That wasn't uh, mm. when he died, or when he was found dead. There were two bottles of whiskey there. Yeah, he drank two bottles of whiskey and then oh, died. Oh fuck! And, so they were both and then, empty, and, right. and then died later that day. Of um, fuck me! Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, so he was 42, his wife was 17. Oh. Oh, so gross. I mean, Charlie Chaplin did it, but... <laughs> yeah, so just before he died, 
Uh, he became violently sick and lapsed into periods of babbling about his secret mission. <laughs> oh, but that's just what he's like anyway. Yeah. He oh t- no, was he going on about the secret mission yeah. again? What a what a twist. <laughs> mm, I, I need I need the ring. Booze boys, go get me a ring. Go get go get Papa a ring. He calls himself <laughs> Big Papa. <laughs> Big Papa and the Booze Boys. <laughs> but then like people have said obviously that his war prophecies outlived the mystery of his mission. So like Right, yeah. A lot of what he predicted did then end up coming to pass. But before he before he like um declined he was a good strategist in the war. Yeah. So that's how he could so- probably lay out possibilities that would eventually lead to Japan and America. It's just hard to yeah, collect all of all yeah. of the data that he said he was getting. He's like he's drawing maps and like drawing reefs, <laughs> and it's like is all of that stuff really? It's a lot of data yeah. that I don't really can't really put together. Yeah, that's the part that I find hard to tie to the prediction of Pearl Harbor. And before he went off. And fucked this all up so badly. <laughs> he did have a reputation for excellence in organising uh, administration, intelligence analysis, strategic planning. He was good at that. Organising big fucking nights out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're uh, going to go out, yeah, yeah. get Ellis on the case, get yeah. Pete to do it. And yeah. even Pete. though the Japanese, if they existed at all... Um, well, the Japanese exist, Chris. Uh, you know what I mean. It's a like, real country. Whether or not, <laughs> whether or not the maps and the notes that he'd made existed at all, right. uh, either the Japanese took them and... And were like, they don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. His idea and the strategic view of the Pacific Ocean Island did have some validity. Yeah. Mm. Um, so. God, I bet we, they wish they could have disavowed him now. They're like, this man is a fucking embarrassment. <laughs> he's, uh, he's sending us these fucking wires about his booze boys. It's, so, it's, 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 it's absolutely insane. Also, apparently, in addition to predicting circumstances of World War II in the Pacific, two decades before it happened, he's mm. regarded as a str- significant strat- strategic theorist in the history of the Marine Corps anyway because yeah. of his advocacy of sea warfare he fell from yeah. grace is what we're saying. Uh, yeah. yeah very much so the demons one of the buildings at Quantico is still named after him okay oh. so it's what's called like big fuck up what's it called, what's the <laughs> called? <laughs> it's called shitty spot it's called peat bog no it's called, uh, <laughs> it's, called brain <laughs> it's called uh, it's called Ellis Hall oh, okay oh, right. that's quite grand that is quite grand actually grand and bland when in doubt name name him after a hall that's Earl <laughs> Hancock Ellis who predicted Pearl Harbor two decades before Ended up being the worst secret agent known to man, and and then dying with no dignity um, no. in the central he office. Was, he with only was his shitting, booze boys to mourn him, shitting for hours, and just lying in it. You almost think actually that this idea that the Japanese assassinated him was yeah. perpetuated by the Americans to to give him to some big dignity. Him up a bit. Yeah, Absolutely, it's like yeah. the Japanese were like, we didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't do. Shit. You know what killed him? He kept coming up and knocking on our door saying, can I come in and take secret pictures? (laughs) Every day. He definitely got assassinated. No, no. We we literally had nothing to do with it. You assassinated this this searingly intelligent operative, didn't you? (laughs) Nope. This guy. That guy was always hanging out with either teenage girls or boys that were even younger. I think he only married that teenage girl because he could go and send her off to find him booze. (laughs) We didn't assassinate him. I only ever heard him say two things. One of them was, I'm a secret agent. And the second one was, can I bum a roly? <laughs> he told the guy at the bottle store his fucking plans. <laughs> while yeah. he was, yeah. Bearing in mind as well, he was telling people that he was a secret agent almost as soon as he got there. Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy was like, it's good kudos. It's good fucking kudos to tell them that I'm in the, I'm in the secret agent business. It's like, yeah, but you're literally on a mission. Yeah, but people think I'm cool. It's a double bluff. See, if I if I'm if I tell people I'm a secret agent, they won't think I'm a secret agent. But then I'm really a secret agent. Yeah, a real right. secret agent wouldn't tell people, would he? Would he? Yeah. Like, well, no, but are you bad? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. very bad. I'm fucking terrible at my job. I'm the worst. Have you now, finished that drink? Oh, 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 hey, what the fuck are you doing? I have three apple sours. <laughs> It is the mind sweeping after he's told everybody at the bar. <laughs> Where are my booze boys? <laughs> hey. Well, did you know they made a film of this? No. You know no. how they said they should? Well, they did. When? When, called... did, when was it made? 19. 
56. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, it feels like nice. it feels like a Kirk Douglas movie. It does feel like a Kirk it's Douglas movie. It's got a very young Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> like is he the doctor that takes his ashes and then dies in the earthquake? <laughs> it's a big building with nurses and patients. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Pete and the Booze Boys. Uh, <laughs> it's good. And the, and the and is an N. It's Pete and the Booze Boys. Oh. It's a really wacky, screwball knockabout comedy about a stupid idiot, drunken spy, and, his, and a gang of boys he used to hang out with. <laughs> and all the crap they got up to. <laughs> It's um, like bacon. It holds up okay. Like it's fun, but there's some pretty bad Japanese stereotypes in it. That's what I could do. I bet there's that. not a single Japanese actor in there. Yeah. Me, uh, oh no, they are. No. They're, like, they're, they're, not, they're just not made up. There's no one. You know, there's no one doing like bad eye makeup and stuff. But this film, I mean, it goes quite deep into the brain fag years. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the song, and it played over the credits. If you're looking for clues down in Micronesia, army of booze boys, mystery man so high, all of that booze can cause a little amnesia, and this gentleman is the silliest spy, his spying methods are, oh seriously shitty. Earl Hancock Ellis Check out his name tag He spied so badly That he blew up his kidneys But it's not his fault You see he's afflicted by brain fag Pete and the booze boys They know how to drink And they're tracked by Japan I love a post credit. It was song. a drinking game gone wrong. His whole life was a drinking game gone wrong. Yeah, it reminds me every time I think of a, of a post of a credits piece of soundtrack, I think of the one from Speed, which is probably the worst. <laughs> what uh, is it? Credit. Is it just it's, sing you about it's, the it's, film? It's, it's the lyrics are Speed, give me what I need. Oh yeah, Grease Lightning. I said Speed, oh Speed, oh yeah. It's Grease fucking Lightning. Dreadful. That's from Grease. That's, That's from Greece. already a song. It's already a part of song. Oh, I looked up. Um, Earl Hancock, by the way, I looked up his face. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm gonna go sky up. Did he? Have, does he have like? But he's um, like, but he's like old timey, all right. Do you know what I mean? Like, if yeah, a bar, sure. I mean, this is. Oh yeah, look, he looks pretty noble in these, in a few of these pictures. Like, yeah. there's a picture of him here. Is he just? He's took a photo and he's smoking a fat cigar. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, the the, the army one where he's just he's like, like <laughs> yeah, the one where he's got his arms almost folded. Yeah. Yeah, basically, and he's like, "How about we do one more?" I think that was like a joint to me. But... <laughs> he's having a fucking he's like, J. Hey, man, trust me. In twenty years, you'll thank me for what I'm doing. I'm telling you, man, the Japanese—they're gonna fucking come through. They're gonna fucking do Pearl Harbor. I'm telling you, it's not called Pearl Harbor now. It will be. It uh, fucking will be. Booze boys, let's roll out. And they're like. <laughs> Get, hey, get on the next boat home right now. Hubble, instead, you send me a thousand dollars. Life's a beach. 
sleeping on the deck. Life's a beach, man. Hey, how's school? Will you marry me? <laughs> so, uh, that $1,000, could you, like, uh, not make it a check because it might bump me up to, like, a higher tax? <laughs> what? Oh, you've already got the check made out. That's cool. I'll oh, take that. That's cool. That's cool. No, I still use it. Uh, I'll still use it. I'll, I'll, uh, my girl, my girl loves it that I hang around with a lot of boys. <laughs> you going out with those booze boys. boys again? Get off my case, man. She's like, boy. it turns out they've got like a like pretty stable marriage. She just gets fed up with him hanging around hanging with, with the young with boys. The, with the booze boys, yeah. I don't want you going out with those booze boys. I don't want to hear about those booze boys anymore. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> she's native of one of the islands in the Pacific. And then that's how she, she sounds like she's, she's from Queens. Like she's from Queens. <laughs> she's, he's giving her that accent. He's like, you have to speak in this accent, man, or I can't handle it. He's like, oh, you know what, Pete? How about you take your fucking... She's the, she's the <laughs> Jake Lamotta's first wife at the beginning of Raging Bull. She's like, you want your fucking steak? You want it right now, do you? Here's your fucking steak. Why don't you get like, your fucking Whoa. booze boys to cook your fucking dinner? Because I've fucking had enough. <laughs> Go out and suck your brother's dick. <laughs> That's what she says in Raging Bull. He's like, he just goes, ha, 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 and leaves her. She's like, yeah, go out with your brother, suck each other's dicks. <laughs> oh, man. Why don't you take your fucking booze boys and take, take your fucking thousand dollars and take suck your booze boys dicks. and your brain fag. Yeah. <laughs> get the hell off my house. <laughs> She's 17. <laughs> I gotta do my options. Oh. Thinking I'm gonna do PE and drama. <laughs> <laughs> what was his wife's name? It was Matawi. Listen to me now, Matawi. I'm gonna tell you straight. You disrespect my booze boys again, you're out of here. You're out of here, I swear you're out of here. She's like, oh, you're fucking booze boys? I disrespect them all over this fucking island, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Pete, you At this point, I just liked doing the voice. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, get out of here. I know all about what you're up to. You tell people you're a secret agent. I know what you are. You're fucking you nothing. You're a fucking you're not bum. You're nothing. You're nothing. You're a you're bum. fucking bum, Pete. You're a bum. <laughs> you know what? The only thing that's a secret is why I fucking married you. Because honestly, I don't know anymore, Pete. <laughs> I don't know. One year of marriage and you have ruined, ruined my 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I should be enjoying becoming an adult, Pete. And what am I doing? Cleaning up your shit. Huh? Literally. Cleaning up your, your shit. goddamn jabroni. <laughs> uh, this is oh, fun. This is a lot of fun. Anyway, um, well, it's been a great a show. We've learned a lot about a very dignified man. A very dignified man who... He oh, makes Elvis's death look like a noble loss. I know, right? This fucking guy. Oh, Jesus. my God. So funny. Cool. Well, you know you know where to find us. Yeah, just go online, look up Mr. and the Rocks, do what you like, leave a review. We don't care. We We're don't five episodes care. into this, uh, uh, this, this series that we don't really know where it's going. But we are enjoying the journey. Yeah, but that's we all right. The, the television program Lost was the same. It was kind of the point where we we're like, let's let's start with Rasputin and go from there. See, how see about how we, we start with Rasputin and we move on to Pete? <laughs> <laughs> we get to Pete. Okay. Lots Jagger of lots. I reckon actually, this has been like more, the, like the, a lot of colourful characters. Yes. <laughs> yes. Rasputin and then uh, ZZ. ZZ. Ellis. The final episode should just be us doing like a fanfic of all of the meetings. Discuss, yeah, oh it's like a Justice God. League, but it's called like Wankers League or something. <laughs> it's all of them in the same. Party. I can't wait for Matari's cameo. Matari, oh, yes. she's like, oh, here they all are, the pieces of shit brigade. Yeah, <laughs> Zagorov's like, control your woman, Pete. He's like. Oh, I've been trying to control her for years. <laughs> where the fuck am I oh, going to find chocolate oh. around here? <laughs> I know where to find chocolate. some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, and the, the only thing all of the Wankers League have got in common is they all lust after me. <laughs> it's the most beautiful. Rasputin's like the most beautiful woman in all in the, the world. world. <laughs> and it's the going like... Hey. With a fascinator on and a dress, like kind of like Jack Lemon in some like a yeah. like it's definitely a dude. Well, is like nobody is perfect. Matawi's <laughs> like you. If I see you around with that beautiful masseuse, I swear, I Pete, swear to God, Pete, I swear, I Pete, swear. I'll go back to my mother. <laughs> All the booze boys get like teenage crushes on masseuse. 
<laughs> so they're like, what's that over there? Hey, so, hey, have any of you guys seen my booze boys? I'm running an empty here, if you know what I mean. And then he's Kevin James. And then you look up into the distance and are like, look at them all. And then we'll just follow Masood around the beach while Masood plays a little flute. Well, you know where to find us. Well, we're on there we are. The usual places. Uh, mystery on, at Mystery on the Rocks um, on Twitter and on Instagram. Instagram. It's spelled R-O-X. And, oh, we've got, we've got, we've got bloody Patreon, haven't we? We've got bloody, got bloody Patreon. Bloody and if Patreon. you like what we do, then give us money. <laughs> give us some money on the Patreon. Send it's it. patreon.com slash mystery on the rock spelled R-O-C-K-S. You get loads of free stuff for your money. <laughs> all, all sorts of great fun stuff you sign up for. You get a little poster, you get a little mug, you get a little uh, hoodie, you get a poster. Oh boy, there's so many t-shirt. things. You get so, there's so many things. Um, so many stuff. Exclusive uh, first cuts of the episode before they come out, as well as the mini episodes and outtakes. You get all sorts of great shit. And uh, you can also email us, mrontherocks at gmail.com. Um, spell R O C K S. If you're like, hey, when will you get a picture of Masood wearing a fascinator in a dress? <laughs> Um, and the answer is today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking see you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hey, Pete, you saying goodbye? You saying goodbye to your stupid friends? <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you ruined my life. You ruined my life. I never should have married you. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.